Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 197 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a Microsoft developer advocate on the Azure engineering team. His role is to connect with technical communities in order to share his knowledge about the ecosystem and to capture feedback on how to make things better. He has worked in the IT industry for more than 20 years, working on core Azure infrastructure services, Windows Server, systems management, and all things cloud. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Rick Claus. Good day. Nice to meet you, Phil. So Rick, that was pretty much a brief intro to who you are and what what you do. So could you perhaps give us a bit more insight into your background and what you're up to now? Certainly, certainly. So I'm one of those folks that potentially got started in the infrastructure space and never an actual developer other than someone who codes, I would be more of a person that may do scripting and automation and different tasks along those lines. I was introduced to IT and technology probably way, way, way back when, when I used to visit my father, who was a electrical engineer professor at university. And I got to go in and play with the punch cards and the keyboards and stuff like that uh, back in the day. But I've somehow been involved in IT in some way, shape or form as you mentioned, for over 25 years as a person that sat in front of the computer to jiggle the cable to get the printer to work that eventually turned into an IT job and supporting those different PCs when PCs were being rolled out, removing and pulling down green screens and terminals and serial terminals and stuff like that, ripping out ArcNet, and then moving gradually to the client-server world inside of that space as an IT support person for, in this case, it was a government agency that I was working for back in Canada. And then progressively made it through there to work with wide area networks, wide area network topologies, directory services. Back in the day, it was Banyan Vines way back when for stuff that I was doing. And it gradually evolved into supporting and working with different teams and different people from a LAN and WAN perspective. Eventually decided to go into consulting, go into some training, go into some mentoring kind of stuff. And that finally led me to my path where I am right now, working at Microsoft. I've been at Microsoft now for just over... 14 and a half, almost 15 years. Right. It's quite a while now then. And obviously, just before we started recording, you were telling me a little bit about um, how things have changed for you more recently. Yeah. So just recently in the last year, uh, just a year and a half, actually, I was tapped on the shoulder by a, a gentleman here at Microsoft, uh, Jeff Sandquist, who was originally involved ages ago in creating an online video environment at Microsoft for the developer community called Channel 9. He came back and he was given charge of revamping and creating a brand new experience for online resources of content, which includes documentation, includes learning, includes video and and things along those lines. Uh, And he created a group specifically for developer advocacy that was running successfully for about a year and change. And then he came and literally tapped me on the shoulder as we're waiting for a taco from a taco truck uh, because the cafeteria was closed at the time. (laughs) Uh, And he said, Rick, I really want to come and talk to you about what we should be talking about with IT pros and and professionals that work in the operations space. And and, uh, that led to a number of different meetings. And, you know, fast forward six months and multiple 
emails and strategy documents and planning documents led to the fact that uh, I've been given the the honor of creating and building a team of people that are not cloud developer advocates, but cloud operations advocates, or just simply cloud advocates, but happen to talk to the IT pro space, the operation space. And because we work for Microsoft, uh, we generally tend to kind of stay in the, the lane of working with Microsoft Enterprise Technologies. How has that really changed your role? You're still doing the same things, but you're now responsible for other people, presumably. So I guess you'd call me a, a managing lead. I prefer to think of myself as simply a leader on the team, but uh, technically I'm the one that clicks yes and no on the expense reports. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I went and toured eight cities for a big tour that we did around the world as Microsoft called uh, Microsoft Ignite the Tour last year. My team and I both blog uh, actively, create video content actively, uh, engage with customers, engage with the product teams, the engineering teams for, for providing feedback uh, about how to make the products better and what resources might need to be created, uh, that sort of stuff. So I, I still keep my hands very much involved with all the different sort of things related to the, the general uh, advocacy space or um, evangelism space and the older terminology for that kind of stuff. Great. Okay, lovely. So Rick, can you perhaps share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not know and perhaps should? Career tips are always kind of hard because it's, for me, it's, it's going to be very specific to the individual. It's going to work for them. And so what's definitely worked for me for the best career tip is potentially something that's pretty obvious, but uh, tends to get overlooked as you tend to be inside the environment for so long, which is continuing to stay curious, but also challenging yourself to continue to learn like a, a lifelong learner aspect of things. Yeah. So I've had a very long career inside of the world of IT, but you know, I have to approach it as if I'm a new person coming in to maintain that same level of excitement, uh, but also that same level of curiosity. Like how, how does the world of Kubernetes and containers, uh, you know, because currently being talked about mostly from a developer space, how does that apply to an operations person, an IT pro, to make it so that they can understand how to orchestrate it, how to secure them, how to manage them, how to back them up if required, how to ensure that the data is, is preserved, um, how to network them correctly together, that sort of stuff. Um, so taking those newer technologies as they're coming down the pipe, IoT, AI, uh, data and data lakes uh, and, and that sort of stuff and make it relevant to the types of people that I would be talking to or the world that I'd be working in if I was working back as a consultant outside of Microsoft. So staying curious and then figuring out the nuts and bolts of building, breaking and fixing things specifically around newer technologies as they come up. Yes. Excellent. Okay. And Rick, can you perhaps tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? <laughs> um, the worst IT moment, I think, would have had to have come down to, this is a while ago, but it was doing a massive desktop refresh and rollout for a customer when I was a consultant prior to joining Microsoft, where... It was a big, massive endeavor, very distributed team that was having regular check-ins and meetings for how things were going. We had different uh, practice leaders that were responsible for different pieces of that ginormous, massive project. And it had to be rolled out across 14 different locations as the major locations of you know a couple hundred people a piece uh, to be able to roll this out and copy carbon it from the one location to the two weeks later, the next location, two weeks later, the next location without having any downtime or any kind of interference with the users that were going to be using these desktops. Now, in this particular case, the reason why it was the worst IT career moment was because we had hit and saved kind of like the last 
internally we call it like the viper's nest, if you will. <laughs> the, the worst place, the least documented, the most crazy variety of configurations. We left that one till the very end, <laughs> thinking that we'd be able to take our learnings from all the other ones and apply them to this very complex jigsaw puzzle, the last one. Yep. And the strategy worked. However, what we didn't plan for was the human side of the politics involved with that particular site where we did not take into account the infighting amongst different teams within that one particular location, where they would literally throw up roadblocks and blockers for being able to go off and do things. So think things like, you know, this is Canada, so we had to have an English version of our desktop available for all the applications, all the configurations, stuff like that. We also had to have a French one as well for the people that requested it. Yep. And in this case, uh, the team that was responsible for building that particular workstation got blindsided by not realizing that there was a requirement for the French one at that time. They were forecasting it for a couple of months down the road. And so we rallied together, got it, got something working. But then because there wasn't the human aspect of consultative connections to see if this met user acceptance, and that sort of stuff, instantly the guards went up and people were, were saying, nope, stop, roll back, can't be done. And it was, it was almost like a, uh, I don't want to say... Like a, a hostile environment, but it was pretty, <laughs> pretty heated in discussions for what was going on. I guess is a polite way of saying it. But eventually, the worst moment kind of comes to light was the fact that it ultimately did get completed. It was delayed, but it probably involved way too much of the politics and negotiation between all these different teams coming back and delaying stuff and feeling like they weren't being appreciated or, or heard, didn't want to be centralized, that sort of stuff. Uh, and we didn't forecast that as being a factor. We were focused too much just on the technology and solutions. And we didn't focus on some of the human aspects that could come into play and the politics that could come into play uh, that could completely derail that one whole weekend. So that was a rather nasty period for sure. And I haven't had that kind of thing happen since, honestly, <laughs> because it happened so much uh, at that one time. And I thought about how we could get consensus and buy-in from all the players much earlier on in the process. Right. Okay. So you changed your process to make sure that those things don't happen again. Yes, definitely. And can you perhaps tell us about your IT career highlight or greatest success? It's actually going to be relatively recent right now. As I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I, I'm now a, a lead for creation of this team. And um, the highlight for me really is watching the team be able to be successful doing the things that in previous iterations I would have just done myself, but watching them approach it with slightly different variations to be able to achieve a common end goal, but coming up with a completely creative way of doing it. So I've now realized that my role now, besides doing the stuff, I get to watch other people do it as well, and like as a team member, but I get a lot of satisfaction and, and great uh, feeling of success by enabling them to do this. So now we've got a scale of like seven, eight people that are now going off and engaging with IT professionals, speaking at conferences, creating video interviews, creating content, working with engineering teams and stuff like that. But it's happened at a scale that I couldn't do myself. And then now being able to have this team come up with some ideas that I never would have thought of for being able to engage and do. So to me, that's probably my current highlight that I have right now. And it's relatively recent just in the last year. Rick, can you perhaps tell us what excites you about the future of the industry and careers in IT in particular? 
you could go with the standard types of responses, which aren't really uh, all that exciting. Just the fact that, you know, career is always changing. We always know that the the infrastructure in the IT world is always changing. We have to keep up with it and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's actually kind of the fact that I see people that are trying to grasp and understand how they can work with cloud technologies, as an example, even though they're in an on-premises world, they're dealing with on-premises issues of caring and feeding for the servers and changing the oil and, and you know doing the backups and that sort of stuff uh, that you would normally do for an on-premises world. But then when they start to understand how they can leverage hybrid technologies to make their lives easier by using the scale of, of having access to resources inside the cloud for provisioning, regardless of your cloud provider, I mean, that's very cool to see. But for me, it's probably the watching people realize that their realization that they have this tribal knowledge of how things worked and how things work inside their environments and how they can kind of pivot that tribal knowledge to understand that it's valuable to be able to allow them and their organization and their company be successful in using some of these new technologies that are coming around, like Kubernetes, like massive data storage, like secure computing, like you know, any of the different buzzwords and technologies that you have out there. And then also realizing that simply a matter of pivoting their technology and, and adding this as a simply another resource that they have access to inside their toolbox to get the job done. That's probably a, the biggest thing that I find that is is refreshing is the fact that, you know, what was old is new again. And the knowledge you have gained and amassed over the last two years, five years, 15 years, 20 years, whichever, uh, is still definitely relevant if you open your eyes and are willing to accept that it's um, simply a, a pivot or evolution of what you currently have. Sure. Obviously, you're mentioning pivoting in particular. Do you see that as a more frequent occurrence now? I think so. People were hesitant. I mean, we all say that, you know, technology in the world of IT is constantly in change and we have to deal with that change and be prepared for it. But different people have different levels of acceptance for being able to change um, and if they're ready to change or not. And so, what's been very interesting is watching these people, everyone's different with their level of acceptance for when they're going to make that kind of click, if you will. Like even just on my own team, we were doing a a hack project this last couple of days here at Microsoft and we were getting our hands dirty, you know, racking and stacking servers and and implementing updates and and modernizing this particular customer, internal customer that we had uh, for their environment. And we had to use our tribal knowledge to be able to get the systems up and going again. But stepping back and seeing like why one particular member of my team was taking like a day to a day and a half to try to troubleshoot one workstation update and upgrade when instead he could have gone in and used a different mindset, a more modern mindset of saying, you know what, I'm just going to lift off the data and the specialty stuff that's on that machine, treat it like cattle, take it out, reformat it, scorched earth policy, bring down a brand new fresh install image of the new latest version of software they needed to on that one workstation, and then bring back that data, he would have been done in about an hour and a half. And instead, he spent a day and a half, because that's the way that we used to do things, uh, tinkering and figuring out what was wrong, and then diagnosing it to be able to have so it doesn't happen again. There's a finite threshold when it doesn't make sense anymore. And if you ask me that question Two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, I probably would have been in the same position of doing exactly the same thing. But now that I've been working more in a cloud environment, working more in in this new world of doing work, that uh, I'm now more prone to 
certain threshold happens, okay, I'm going to actually wash my hands of this, get it up and working, move on to the next one because there's more things to go off in the fix. So, Rick, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? <laughs> this should be interesting. <laughs> Is there like a timer that goes off that no, dings no, no. when it's taking too Nothing long? Like that, no. <laughs> okay, okay. So, what first attracted you to a career in IT? The constant challenge, honestly. My official education is actually in, in theater in university. Right. And I got a summer job working in IT, and I'm like, I'm going to stick with this. I want to move my theater to a, a background um, a hobby task. I'm going to move IT into the front seat because I just loved puzzle solving, troubleshooting, and then generally making people's environments better for them so that they can be more productive. So that's what it kind of attracted me to it. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? Hire people that are smarter than you. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely hire people that are smarter than you and work with them on teams. Because yeah. together as a team, you're going to be stronger. Definitely. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? Well, an industry joke, I guess, would be um, Banyan Vines directory services will, will outlast all other directory services. But that's dating me from a long time ago. <laughs> I have a certified Banyan engineer degree. I don't think I use too much anymore. If you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? I would probably stay focused on not the technologies, but on the solutions and how they help individuals. It took me a while to come around to that. But if you kind of keep helping others as your inner mantra for what you're doing, and then choosing a, a companion technology for whatever that happens to be, uh, I think you're going to, I would be probably growing and, and continuing to work in the IT world, that would be a place I'd want to be in. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Providing guidance and clarity. And I'm having a hard time trying to say this just because I don't have guidance and clarity myself, but trying to provide guidance and clarity for people that are going to be on my team and on different projects we're working on to be able to say clearly, here's the end goal. This is why we're doing it. And this is how we're going to do it. Um, collaborating with people to come up with that. This is how we're going to do it, but uh, giving them clarity and where we need to go. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I think I'm going to rely on actually the theater aspect of things. Uh, I went to university for directing and being able to look at content that gets created, be it written in a video interview or like a a session at a conference or a keynote at a conference. I look at the individual and the message and the story that gets told and storytelling that gets told to be able to convey that information as being much more receptive by the audience to receive that information and absorb it. And so I, I find that my theater skills and my directing skills and observation skills uh, come in very handy to be able to help architect uh, a better story. It's all about storytelling. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? constantly go off and learn as new things come up uh it's getting harder and harder as i get older and older but uh, as new technologies come up trying to figure out the piece of the puzzle that those new technologies could possibly solve in a customer's world in a, in a person's world or an organization's world so constantly looking for those interpreting them to work inside of the operations or it pro space uh, and then adding that to my toolkit to be able to contribute and what do you do in your spare time away from technology? I am an avid home brewer. 
making of beer. I have converted two thirds of my garage into an actual home brewery that uh, a good bunch of us get together and make different types of beer on multiple fermenters, conical fermenters, kegerator, kegerating, kegging systems. I'm very graciously, very appreciative of my wife for allowing me to do this, Sure, <laughs> um, but she benefits as well. Uh, and we'll, con- we'll actually have like team outings of just going and making and working with beer or even just friends from around the neighborhood, just going off and exploring different, different beer styles. Great. And do you do anything else with the theater? Is that still an interest of yours? <laughs> um, I'm now more of a passive theater person. I've been known to, unfortunately, to the audiences that are there at the time, if there happens to be some kind of a show tunes discussion going on involving myself. But uh, for the most part, I'm just much more passive on the theater side. But I definitely very much support and enjoy theater, but more as a spectator these days. And Rick, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? Well, I mentioned the whole constant learning piece is one of the best career tips. The final piece of advice on the career side is also don't forget to invest in your own skills and your own self uh, beyond simply the technology space. One thing that really worked for me was besides asking for and talking to other people from a mentorship perspective to get some of their perspectives on things that are important, being quite astonished and, and amazed that people actually asked me to be their mentor and then working with them to try to find some advice on how they can grow their careers inside of the world of, of IT too. And so invest in yourself, get yourself some mentorship of different variety of types of people and variety of expertise areas. Uh, but then also don't be hesitant and, and offer that up to other people as well. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, my team and I contribute to a blog site that we maintain. It's called itopstalk.com. It's part of the Microsoft technical communities environment, and we publish regularly there. But I'm also an avid social media uh, and, and Twitter aficionado. So you can always reach me at uh, RicksterCDN on Twitter. And then we also monitor the hashtag, uh, hashtag AZOps, all one word for Azure Operations for people that might happen to ask questions or want to get in touch for some other reason down the road. Great. Rick, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Great talking to you as well, Mr. Phil. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening and remember... If you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.